Hey, this is Romancing the Zone, a podcast about a podcast about boys playing tabletop games. I'm Mel Bailey. I'm Brittany Bailey. And I'm Ann Kern. Let's roll. Ooh, 16. Oh, oh that's such a good one. good about that as you should i love a 16 we have talked about 16s before and we are always like so delighted by (laughs) i also love Brittany. i feel like you always have a commentary on the number and it's it's great every time to see (laughs) kind of your thoughts on it your feelings on it i feel like a 16 is a poor man's 20 you know (laughs) it is i was just gonna say it's it's that bump up from a 15, which is, mm. as we've mm. known, like that wonderful middle of the road. You're pretty safe. Yeah. It is that mm-hmm. poor man's 20 where like you're genuinely excited to see it. Yeah. It's not as exciting, but it is kind of that very, it's very comfortable. Mm-hmm. You're top three in the competition, even if you didn't win. <laughs> You'd love to see it on the podium. Mm-hmm. Ah. <laughs> uh. It has been a minute, though, huh? Yeah, I mm-hmm. was even, I was trying to get everything together, and I couldn't find my um, adapter for this computer. And I was like, no, I must have just used it. No, I hadn't. <laughs> Last time I used it, I was in not even this house. And that's <laughs> insane. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, th- I think it's fair that we that we don't do the live shows because, I, I mean, I, I feel like we would be really supportive Statler and Waldorf the entire time. That that's Absolutely. kind of yes. what, we, what we bring to the table. There's one thing I do want to say about this live show. I listened to mm-hmm. it while I was in the gym. Mm-hmm. And I was laughing so hard <laughs> that like two people like looked at me and I'm like, I'm not laughing at you. I'm not like, I don't know how to explain what I'm actually experiencing right now. But just I should have just left. Like I should just like laughed my ass out the door and just gone home. But just walk backwards while great. laughing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been a minute. And and they left us off on this great big cliffhanger mm-hmm. of something very exciting but before we get into that ooh, burr we have a bit of a cold open here <laughs> <laughs> suddenly it's like hgtv at this point in the beginning <laughs> just describing oh, yeah. this interior decor because right it's totally that it's really fancy but it's kind of impersonal but in a weirdly yeah. personal way isn't that that's super like when they stage a house on an HGTV exactly. show uh-huh. and it's like very carefully arranged things that sort of are associated with a certain person but at the same time right. you kind of feel like you're in a magazine and it's not really very very warm and inviting like I definitely from Travis's description I had this really specific like concept of the vibe of this room yeah Mm -hmm. it looks opulent and yet nobody lives here and it's uninviting Mm -hmm. it looks like my house Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) when i didn't really live in it but other people frequented it yeah you want it to be kind of open for interpretation anybody could be here and that kind of fits (laughs) us perfectly because of course this is where order and chaos are just in existence with each other and we just get this chilling. little scene between the two of them yeah right it's kind of their void mm-hmm. their own little showroom i thought it was interesting that order is the older one or considered yeah. the older one i wondered if that was because at this point now there has been so much quote-unquote order for so long mm-hmm. i wondered if that maybe had something to do with it i don't know yeah, I wondered about that too. I think I think that's a possibility that it's an indicator of um maybe like what their power level sort of is somehow. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, cuz I mean I I think from a 
cosmological standpoint, you would sort of assume that chaos would be older, uh, like on a large scale. But yeah, I think that this is about this specific moment in time and Mm -hmm. sort of who's in Mm. control and who's the one with the most kind of assertiveness on reality, which is clearly order right now. Right. It is interesting. And I do wonder if that's what Travis had in mind when he was Mm. depicting these two. Regardless, it's very interesting. And I think even this idea of the way they even talk, and this comes up again later uh, when we talk to Chaos, but right here, this idea of them saying, quote, never letting this happen again, mm-hmm. talking about what's happening right now. It's interesting to me because I was like, well, depending on your perspective, that's exactly what the mortals did. The mortals said, we're essentially like, well, chaos will never happen again. And then this is these two being mm. like, this length of order will never happen again. I don't know. Yeah. I just think it's it gets kind of big brain when you start to really Oof. pick it apart and look at whose perspective we're looking at here. Yeah. And, and so chaos, at least at this point, like really wants the Thundermen to kind of be these pivotal yeah. figures and do yeah. what they're doing. And order is very opposed. And I, I think very this is the, the clearest that we've had this stated of yes. what their sort of viewpoints are and how, how the boys figure in. Right. Mm-hmm. And again, I think it's kind of, I don't know if it's quite the opposite, but like, I would, <laughs> well, maybe not. They are pretty chaotic. So maybe chaos <laughs> would have the more of the shine to them. But if if you were to personify these two ideals, mm-hmm. one would be more villainesque and one would be more heroic. And I think he has flipped which mm. ones we would assume would be that. Yes. Yeah. But again, it depends on the perspective. And if right. the hero is the one trying to regain order in that we need chaos to build the order, like... I okay. I just big brained myself, and I need to take a nap. So <laughs> it truly is the Orboros. It's the it's. There's no clear answer. It's all supposed to be balanced, and at this point, the balance has been knocked off. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing from them. This is kind of the answer that we had in the last episode at the end, where we're like, "How is this still happening?" These two essentially said, "Fuck you." What's happening anyway? Mm-hmm. And there is, in fact, really a lot happening, as we yeah. recall from the end of oh the last God. episode. <laughs> like, I mean, a cast of thousands here for sure. Truly, truly. This is Lord of the Rings by Adventure Zone standards. It really is. Yeah, you really can picture it like that, especially when um, Travis here in a moment does lay it out exactly Mm -hmm. how it looks in his mind, uh, which was very helpful. I appreciated that. Mm -hmm. But then most importantly in this whole layout is the fact that our boys are here at this like kind of outer section Mm -hmm. with Gordy, with Hieronymus, with Althea, and with Sir Reginald Fizzlewhip. (laughs) <laughs> was that his was name? Was it Fizzle Whip or Thizzle Whip? Or Fizz Whip. I thought it was maybe Thistle Whip, but now now I'm not sure because <laughs> I did list. write that down because I got so excited about him being called Reggie <laughs> because of Nintendo's Reggie. <laughs> oh, cute. I loved him being called Reggie because to me, I, I mean, you guys know, we all know, everybody in the audience is like, Nell, we know what you're about to do. And I'm like, these boys are so cute together. And the fact that like, this harkens back to the very beginning of Fitzroy being like, no, it's Sir Fitzroy Maplecourt. Like, you will call me Sir Fitzroy Maplecourt. Mm-hmm. And now he's like, can I just call you Reggie? And you can call me Fitz. And it's like, I love Fitzy. that. <laughs> Fitzy. Even That's cuter. That's bad. I want to call you Reggie. <laughs> well, see, now I feel bad. Like, I, I was on this completely, uh, you know, out of universe page of, oh, just like Reggie from Nintendo. Because they both, you know, two quarters of these boys used to work at the at Polygon. I love that that's where you went. <laughs> he, he, that's who it is in my mind now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just a fully Reggie yeah. fill of me, like on a horse? Oh, yes. Absolutely. Love it. 
I have no idea. <laughs> I've just devised a man named Reggie in my head. I'll send you a signed photo, and then you'll know yeah, who to You will know who he is as soon as you see him. Gotcha. It'll all come together. Finally, mm-hmm. everything will start <laughs> making sense again. For once, and then chaos and order are so mad. They're like, no, it's not supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> It's not that well. I mean, hey, you're on you're on a, a good place with with Fitz here about things not making sense because oh apparently God, everybody thought Goodcastle was fake, including yes, Fitz, including because Fitz. he he never got the handbook. I'm th- I did love this whole back and forth about the handbook, and also that this conversation is happening while Fitzroy's on the ground. I like to imagine lying him very like- belly down, like <laughs> such a good visual. Just I'm lying, oh. pr- like I'm a what, I'm a what. <laughs> Just laying down, getting himself together. So I like to imagine at first he's very like kind of distraught. And then at one point he's just like up on his elbows like, oh, huh. Well, no, I never got it. And like arguing with this man from the ground. I love it. See, oh, I I imagine the pop up being like, oh, I did get that. I did get that one letter. (laughs) Oh, there you go. Yeah. (laughs) He's he doesn't have a lot of time to process this either, because I mean, Mm -hmm. like immediately everybody expects him to be in charge. I found right. this to be a weirdly relatable situation to my sort of personal life at this moment. Uh-huh. Oh, right. You're just thrown right into the fire. Uh-huh. It's like, right. okay. Yeah. That idea, you walk into the boardroom and everyone's like, so where's your presentation? You're like, my what? <laughs> I shouldn't admit to that, but I think uh, none of my coworkers <laughs> listen to the podcast, so we should be good. Oh. <laughs> An alarm just starts going off. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I've been found out. I also thought I was uh, maybe a knight of a fake realm. <laughs> It's that in absentia. What? No. <laughs> I did. These poor boys in this moment, like, they go from showing up after this heist where they're like, oh, just like barely out of there. They had that scare with the, with the Commodore. The Commodore. Mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> the end there. And then they show up here. And now immediately three adult men are like crowding them, asking them all these questions. Why is Gray over there with my brother? Why is my daughter in there without <laughs> all of you there helping her? Why didn't you get the notebook from Good Castle? And these poor boys, it's like, listen, they've had a morning, okay? There are 10,000 demons watching so watching many. all of this happen while Fitz is trying to figure out what a dance commander oh is. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God, dance commander. Also a great name for their uh, their spinoff, Para Para, DDR-inspired game yes. of some kind. Yes. The Adventure Zone Dance Commander. Oh, and it comes into play so many more times this episode. It really does. And to kick us off, oh, thank God everybody <laughs> festos here. Thank God. Tension broken. Fresh off a bender, as <laughs> per usual. Has Festo ever joined us not coming out of like a three-day party? I don't think so. I don't think so. And that's why I love this character so They're much. so they great. Get. Yeah. They're bringing the realness. It's especially great, like just the mental image of, you know, everybody's crowding around Fitz. He's mm-hmm. kind of starting to have a meltdown because he's yeah. supposed to be in charge and doesn't really even know what's going on. And then Festo shows up just super hungover. <laughs> right. Maybe they've just stumbled out of the woods and it's like, oh, my friends are right here. <laughs> I did also love this because uh, this is not the first time we've gotten this reaction out of Festo. But Fitz were saying Judgment Day. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> it's every time it kills me. It's Festo, always funny. It's always funny. <laughs> Something about the Festo voice. It's always right. Fun. That's exactly it. Travis uh, aced it with this one. Really hit it out of the park. Really did. <laughs> and then this is where Travis does describe the the layers of the battlefield being the school, mm-hmm. the extended school grounds, which that's interesting. I think where like the dorms and stuff are. That's kind of where uh-huh. this demon army is. And the hut. And the hut. Yes. <laughs> the aforementioned, very mysterious. Don't ever go in my hut. 
Stay out of my room. Stay out of my room. Yeah. Ground Don't look the, the ground hut. Mm-hmm. See, we, we shouldn't do this. And I know we shouldn't mm. do this, but I, I never can resist doing this. We said Groundsy was going to be important. Oh, yes, <laughs> In the we very did. beginning. In the very beginning, we were like, I know this is going to come back. Oh, and it. here it is. Pivotal moment. Watch. <laughs> it's not at all. They're going to get in there and be like, there's nothing here. Let's go. <laughs> I like to imagine when they bring up going to Groundsy's hut, my thought was, what if they break in there and it's like a lounge? It's got like mood lighting, Ooh. little bar set up. Festo's mm-hmm. going to be so excited. Or Festo's going to pretend to be surprised. Oh, I can't believe it. <laughs> the one thing I will say is that if even it was Hieronymus, right, who says that even he doesn't go in there and sounded really apprehensive, yeah. either yeah. it's really important or it's not important. And Travis has just now realized that he has to figure out how it is important. <laughs> These are both very good possibilities. Yes. Like what DM has not done that? I want to see Travis's Kanban board where he like puts it up there and we're like, we'll develop this later. And then, you know, if it comes up again, it's like, oh, yeah, shit. but you, you know, you know, every DM has done that, right? Like they, they plan out <laughs> 10 different directions that the characters might go in. Mm-hmm. They build this massive map and they only do like one of those things because, yeah. you know, they turn left instead of right but then they do go into the one storage closet that you had not carefully planned of out uh-huh. of course i'm under the impression that that is usually how this goes <laughs> so i'm excited to see which it is is it that there's something hidden there will there be something hidden there does travis already know is groundsy dead on the floor and is no one's dead? noticed <laughs> Now it's going to be a murder mystery. I would actually be down for that. Exactly. It turns into a true crime drama. Oh, wow. Everybody's like, hold it. And all the demons around are like, it was, I was not here. I was just going to say, even the demons are like in on solving it. Not, they didn't do it, but they're like, oh no, this is great. This is totally, this is the podcast they would listen to. They're all true crime fans. Mm -hmm. Robert Stack, what's up? They love it. (laughs) (laughs) But the problem is... We can't get to the hut without... If only somebody could travel through rock. Right? (laughs) If only we knew someone who was through, who had been through an ordeal and we helped them instead of killed them and... Mm-hmm. Oh, wait. it's all coming together. We <laughs> let do me, know someone. Let me show off this murder board where we have big old circles around big old things. <laughs> well, that's absolutely true. We were looking over here at our photo of Groundsy's hut with question marks all around it. But let's pull out this other <laughs> mm-hmm. board where never forget we have the picture of the Zorn. <laughs> our beautiful mm-hmm. Zorn. Mm-hmm. Our beautiful fire eating, rock eating, rock breathing, I think. <laughs> All he's, he's or it's from a, a realm of rock, right? Like, yeah. yep, yeah. I think it does actually breathe I rock. I believe that, is, that came up that it just sort of exists inside of rock mm-hmm. at all times. It's really upsetting to me to try to imagine the realm of rock. Don't, don't, don't. I think don't dwell. On it. I don't remember dwell. big brain. <laughs> remember the nap I just had to take. <laughs> but you know, to get there, we're going to need to hop some dimensions. And oh, weird, oh, isn't it? Wild, my hmm, interesting. That there's some sort of family, um, family mm. ability to uh, make your way between dimensions, Cordy. <laughs> Cordy could not be more excited <laughs> right now. Yes, he sounds very excited, but it will cost <laughs> one of our boys their lives. <laughs> love how quickly Fitzroy just jumps to the worst possible. Always. Like, just, this must be it. This must be, if it's something this good, we Mm -hmm. have to lay down our lives. Mm -hmm. And they're all just... The fact that all of them (laughs) offer 
They they all go to that place with <laughs> yeah. him immediately. This is this oh, is how they're yeah. a good team, right? <laughs> That's exactly it. And not just because one of them really needs to do some laundry and right. would love a, a little reprieve. <laughs> would just love to take off for a bit if we could. <laughs> no, no, it's because they all just love each other so much. They they will make the sacrifice if they need to. These boys do talk about dying together or for each other a lot, <laughs> and it is very romantic. I love it. <laughs> entirely endearing absolutely you say that now but when it comes to it oh when it, if it be, comes would, to it you're gonna be upset so sad. we can joke so about sad. it now <laughs> it would still be romantic but i would be so sad <laughs> but it is decided let's uh see if we can uh open this portal it turns out we don't listen boys we can all live festa will you please help gordy open this portal where we can hopefully then call on this zorn mm-hmm. to help us travel tunnel into groundsy's hut with question marks all around it (laughs) and hopefully we can go from there Mm -hmm. but first first but first we need to talk about work-life balance or heist life balance i guess at this point absolutely thank goodness for althea (laughs) thank goodness for so many things thank goodness for to be in gherkin yes who Mm -hmm. pop up and are you know just so ready to help and and do a little dance because of dance commander i assume they just love to entertain. <laughs> and shout out to Travis for a Bellington. I <laughs> laughed about the Bellboy Skellington, the Bellington. <laughs> Great job. It's perfect. I was picturing him in a little hat. Absolutely. It's I picture like the little outfits they wear at the Hollywood Tower of Terror, mm-hmm. but like yeah. a skeleton wearing exactly. it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Which would be there appropriate to the Tower of Terror for that matter. Turns out that this is the prequel for Tower of Terror. <laughs> Now we know. I, I am glad that before they they have their fantasy rest, that they do have some like fantasy lawyer talk about um, the difference between like whether or not that was a heist yeah. or whether it was vandalism or just burglary. Just because I I feel very validated that that my mind was working in such a ridiculous way that I was concerned about that. Yes, <laughs> and that they were also concerned about it even briefly. <laughs> I out loud said thank you, like straight up when Argo was like. Was it even really a heist? I was like, thank you. Because as they were saying it, the heist stuff was like, not a heist. It wasn't a heist. That was what kept coming up. People, well, is it technically a heist? Well. I mean, they stole someone's sense of security. You know? Ugh. I mean, and I think that's exactly what we said before. There were there were thefts of a kind. Mm. Yes. Well, and like the belief, right? The belief that mm. this that this uh this order that they're living under is unshakable. They have, oh. they have, they've heisted that. So yeah, if you can get poetic with it, absolutely, it's a heist. Regardless, it's definitely a felony, and that is for <laughs> sure. And that's what they do land on. <laughs> so they, they might as well just sail away to some Enya. And oh, just the forget. Dream. You guys, listen. You know that this is my favorite part of this in every single episode. Just boy time. I imagine them all like getting cozy, like either taking your boots off. You're just like. Getting into your little cots, mm-hmm. which they push close together so they can all chat with each other. And then they're going to just, you, listen, you can't have my OT3 fantasize about sailing away, running away <laughs> together to, off to the seas. I'm going to set this entire tent on fire. That's so damn cute. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. This is not going to be a Sea of Thieves actual play podcast. Of some yes. <laughs> there you go. I really did love this, though, because uh, not only is it like funny, cute, 
I don't know, what if we just left? But it, it touches on a couple different things. One, what would be more chaotic than just leaving their own <laughs> <laughs> And two, we hearken back to Argo. And what, do you want to kind of take the lead now? We'll just sail around with you. It's very cute. I liked this. It's mm-hmm. very cute. And yeah, I know in the past Argo has forgotten he's a pirate. So yeah. it's nice to kind of bring that up again and remind him who he is Hell at yeah. the core of himself. His boys mm-hmm. have got him. And- yeah, he does have a boat that the mm-hmm. Commodore currently has. Mm. And I don't think I'm too far away of saying, fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. I'm mm-hmm. over him. We're going to heist that boat. That's the next one. Ooh, yeah. Mm-hmm. See, that would be a heist. It's going to be the, the, the coda. That's going to be the sequel. Mm-hmm. And what a perfect time because Thunderman LLC must be dissolved. <laughs> so it's, it's come to this. perfect time to, yeah, yeah. you know. Have your new CEO step in. Now it could be a whole new company. You you can't drag them down for something they didn't do. Mm -hmm. The possibilities are now endless. Like, we have fun being a little (laughs) villain team. What's next, though? Pirate team? Love that. Love it. They're disruptors now. Yeah, I don't really know what that means. I just know that tech (laughs) people say that a lot. That's right. That's them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And lastly, on this little scene, this little boy time scene, I loved the realness of them being like, oh, fear bug. Uh, fell asleep first like <laughs> the two boys were still talking then they're like Fearbug. and he's he's out they're like oh he, he he's, he's already sleeping. out oh sweet <laughs> they cover him with like a leaf like, just a little go. extra uh. there's always that person in every convention hotel room who's just out yeah it's mm-hmm. like they're fine with you having your chats because you know that the boys are just softly chatting so it's like mm-hmm. it's okay you guys can talk but he's, yes. he's gonna <laughs> doze off it's kind of like when you have to listen to a podcast to fall asleep because you're used to yeah. hearing noises yeah there Aww. you go Mm. Love it. <laughs> Sweet dreams for all. Or are they? Mm. No. No, they're not. <laughs> Turns out, absolutely Ugh. not. We start with Argo dreaming of a jail cell <gasps> that has the Commodore in horror. it. Horror. And I I had to take it back a second and be like, wait, is Argo in the jail cell? I know, or I did too. Commodore? And then, oh, okay, the Commodore's on the cot or the bench, so he's mm-hmm. in it. Yeah. And then creeper looks up sees argo walks over pulls it off the hinges smiles Mm -mm. at him and leaves Mm -mm. nightmare city no ma'am do not like this Mm -hmm. no thank you well and it's it seems very much in context like the kind of thing you would have a nightmare about right of like that feeling that you've defeated something that's bothering you but then that you can't that you haven't really right like that twist of of not being able to feel safe because i I don't think that argo can i mean i don't know if maybe he won't ever feel safe maybe that's Uh, just sort of how these things work you know like you can't ever quite you don't get over it exactly you just sort of get better but i think that the the details were so specific though Uh right because because we're seeing the aftermath of things that happened that they couldn't know about i mean Right. Obviously, he could guess. And I, I mean, I'm assuming this is a dream and not some kind of weird, I don't know, clairvoyance or something. But he's got right. this mark on his neck from where Ooh. the mask was like torn off. He uh-huh. can see the frost damage from the Fearbulg's ice knife yep. when he attacked him at the pizza party, um, which was not really a pizza party, <laughs> pizza but party. It, it, was a, it was a pizza party. <laughs> the tribunal. I that we made it a pizza party. <laughs> we did. And I still think of it as a pizza party that went very, yes, very wrong. <laughs> the, just the phrase, the ice knife attack at the pizza party that's it that's the show (laughs) 
Hey, we've all been there. <laughs> we absolutely have. Everybody gets a little drunk and a mm-hmm. little hyped up on pizza. You think you can do anything. All of a sudden, you're taking a knife out of the freezer. Uh, what are you going to do with that? Right. You know what well, you're going to do with that. I was going to equate it to like, we've got icicles just hanging willy-nilly oh. around here. There you go. But yeah, I mean, I feel like it was so specific and that that was not, yeah. that that has meaning, you know? It's one of those thoughts, do you dream in that much detail? I think Often. You, right. Sometimes. I yeah. feel like sometimes you do, you and can. then sometimes, yeah. mm-hmm. some, uh, but those are those are those creepy dreams that you wake up and you're like, was that right. yeah. even a dream? Did, I, did that actually happen? Right. Am I seeing something? Where you, right. Even if you're like, I mean, it seems implausible, but like, is there somehow, some way I'm seeing a thing that either did happen, is going to happen, was happening during the dream? Mm-hmm. One time I had this dream that I was on a train and... um. Jeremy Clarkson and James May were there from Top Gear. And I was like, where's Richard Hammond? He's my favorite. And then I woke up. And then later that day, both of those boys tweeted about having taken the train from somewhere to somewhere. And Richard wasn't with them because he was filming somewhere else. It was weird. Neller. Just saying. (laughs) Clairvoyant. You never know. Mm. So it could be one of those. Is Argo seeing James May and Jeremy Clarkson in this prison (laughs) cell? In a jail cell. Mm -hmm. With the Mm. Commodore. But I am very interested to see how this plays out, especially then after we get to Fearbulg's dream. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which also seems not completely dream-like, right? right? right. Like maybe it's something that's really happening. Or and it happened. does seem to be as it, yeah, as it goes along. Yeah, that's the really wild part, yeah. right? This one, this one is bonkers. This one. Yeah. I had to take it back a few times. Also, side note, speaking of dreams, and the Fearbulb brings it up, the teeth falling out of dreams is so unsettling. I do not like it. I've had to look it up several times and, yeah. Do you guys have those? I don't think I've ever had one, but I know that they're so prominent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've had them. Yeah, I'm gonna knock on this uh, Ikea shelf. And hope I never That's have That's not one. real wood. No, I know. That's why I just had to say I'm going to knock on an Ikea <laughs> But yeah, as we're going through Fearbulg's dream as well, this is where it's like, with all of these, what are we mm-hmm. supposed to be making of them? So yeah. with Argos, it is kind of like, is this real? Uh-huh. Is this just a very detailed dream? This one really does seem like you have the guardian saying like, no, you're in my forest. You're not dreaming. Right. This is not a dream. And then Fearbull goes on to say like, oh, thank you, by the way, for telling me about yeah. saying goodbyes. I I never did that. And oh. we knew when that happened, it was yeah. out of time. Right. How? I just. So this is another like big circle on the board. Like the guardian is, is he or are they temporal? Like, do they just live out of time? I'm so well, confused. It almost seems, because even like the fact that Fearbulg shows up and it's winter and it's night, mm, yes, which yes, were yes. the settings for when the boys got back and then mm-hmm. the guardian told Fearbulg, you have to go get to your clan. And we never knew who told him. Mm-hmm. And now yeah. we're essentially learning Fearbulg told the guardian, hey, please go tell me. I have but to get to my clan right now. Didn't we know that? Did we? I think no, we did. I'm... I think I thought the guardian you said, you, you told, told me? me to tell you this. He might have done. Oh, yeah, maybe he did. Because I think that sounds uh, right. Or they did. I, I don't know that we've established mm-hmm. that. But but yeah, I, I think there was maybe something about that that we were kind of confused about at the time. And we figured like, yeah. well, I don't know, maybe they meant sort of metaphysically or something. But there's obviously something going on here. Right. Because, again, these really specific details that seem to line up very precisely with a time frame. 
But right. when Fearbulk asks the Guardian about it and it says, like, oh, do you mess around with time? The Guardian's like, oh, no, never. <laughs> we don't, right. You know, you can't do that <laughs> because it damages the laws of reality. And maybe we won't talk about it here. Maybe we'll talk about it in a couple of minutes. But I do have a point about that <laughs> in a few minutes. Mm. So we'll just we'll just put a pin in the concept of reality uh, and whether or not you should mess with it. Do we have a rebuttal that we should mess with that? Hmm. Um, well, you can get up to some wacky hijinks and, like, mm-hmm. go travel back in time and, like, hang out with your parents in high school and, you know. Gosh, that'd be fun. <laughs> right? That would we be fun. really mess things up. Teach people about rock and roll. Yeah. But then we do see things like in Futurama, you can also become your own grandfather. True. You that might do the nasty issues. and the pasty and then, yeah, like, become <laughs> your own grandfather. <laughs> Well, that's probably the episode title, isn't it? <laughs> I would have died if that was something the fear ball had said <sighs> when he woke up. Oh, my goodness. No, instead he just invented PowerPoint. You, you know, yes. that, that was his. So he's that's how he's used time travel is he's somehow he's somehow hmm. managed to invent fantasy PowerPoint. I was so hoping we'd come to a fantasy PowerPoint of what it actually like could be like a power fist and a pointer oh, i have no idea a power point this, but almost being like a power band like a space ghost item mm. but like yeah something like that yeah like it it's a it's like a thunderclap like a fancy move okay but you poke them into eye <laughs> oh we, we needed this when they were looking for item submissions right dang it mm. okay next time all right yeah put it on the board <laughs> <laughs> later so many powerpoint <laughs> We misunderstand, turn the entire murder board into a presentation. No, wait. (laughs) There we go. We lost the plot here. (laughs) And, you know, speaking of doing that and having absolutely no idea what's going on, now we go to Fitz's dream, which I initially thought was in Gray's office, but it's not. No. I don't think. I don't think. I I said it was in the West Wing and Beast's Castle from Beauty (laughs) and the Beast. So Gray's office, yeah. (laughs) I assumed assumed it was the same room from the beginning. This makes absolute sense because then later on when they're talking to Chaos, um, it's revealed that, yes, somebody has pitched a fit in this room and that's Mm -hmm. why it's so destroyed. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't Gray this time. It wasn't the Beast. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. But we do have this moment where our boys get to... Talk to Chaos, and uh, Chaos is standing at six feet, which means uh, Fitzroy can look down at them a little bit, which, fuck off. That is mm, so hot. mm, Get out of here. Enough with mm, you. mm, mm, mm. Swipe right. (laughs) Hey, I'm Fitzroy Maplecourt, your swipe right boy. (laughs) (laughs) But it is a difference in how we've seen Chaos, who's usually Mm -hmm. ten feet tall. Mm Mm-hmm. And really, you know, comes in with this uh, strong persona. Yeah. And this time, there's almost this, like, desperation to them. Well, I mean, at this point, they're kind of out chaos and chaos, right? Because chaos is... <laughs> yeah. Well, chaos is pushing for the plan and sticking with exactly. the plan. Right, um, right. And Chaos, you've lost and your way. <laughs> chaos is kind of stuck between order and that that whole deal being like not a great idea and not great for anybody and then the boys kind of being like oh we don't have a plan like we're that chaotic like we're more chaotic mm-hmm. than you are even yeah so that not only is it not a question of whether your specific plan will work but we're going to make it so that no plan works right i loved the fear bulb saying that also getting right up in their face mm-hmm. uh-huh. like hey get this there is no plan <laughs> <laughs> but that is the very interesting thing here the the fact that they 
want to stick to a plan and they want these boys to acquiesce. It's like that mm-hmm. flies in the face of chaos itself. It's so just twisted and tangled and there's really no there's no clear answer to any of it Mm -hmm. yeah i mean i think at this point i mean obviously chaos was never supposed to be like the whole chaos versus order thing it wasn't supposed to be super literal right like that they're they're avatar they're not avatars of those concepts exactly but at the same time chaos definitely you know has really strong feelings about the way that things should be and is is certainly watching that fall apart and yeah you know i so i understand you know this depiction of chaos as being humbled i guess maybe yeah like smaller and yeah more plainly dressed and very uncertain in this scene uncertain is exactly what i was thinking mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and and i mean it, it is very much in, in the terms of like that we're we're still shifting ground right with the bad guys in this mm-hmm. like it's not it's not simple and it's not no. straightforward but now we're seeing like what order is doing is so scary and and right. like to the point that chaos is afraid of it and is saying you know there's yeah. this what's happening with this portal it's so enormous and it's destroying all of reality that like mm. order has decided to pick at a thread and pull it and is unraveling the universe which is you know probably fairly upsetting (laughs) if you've sort of been trying to keep it together this whole time (laughs) yeah well and you know even as you say that because I was kind of confused here in this next part regarding Mm -hmm. the portal because initially I thought it was going to hell I thought it was like yeah opening between to like okay gray doors open have fun boys but now it's like now you saying that suddenly made me think what if part of why because if we recall what travis said earlier about these two entities Mm -hmm. was that order's job is to push things is to take the the pendulum and push it toward chaos and chaos's job is to take the pendulum and push it toward order or like they were they're essentially supposed to be moving it into the other direction so Mm -hmm. i'm almost wondering in this moment now that we're talking about it is it possible that part of why chaos is so concerned is if order's trying to push that pendulum back, but like break it off and like throw it back? Like yeah. it's going to now be way too chaotic because it's been way too orderly. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah I think I think that was that's the the sort of summary of it, especially yeah. because I mean, so this is what I wanted to talk about earlier that um and and especially like what you were saying about the portal and that it seemed like initially it was just to hell, right? Yeah. Except we've been seeing evidence that that's not the only thing that's happening, that something is disrupting like basically the entire architecture of the universe around them because, yeah. you know, there was the whole issue with how the Zorn got oh, right. off yeah. their plane and into ours in the first place. Right. right. And now the Fearbulg is apparently traveling through time to give himself messages. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, um, I think that 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 very ominous warning from from the Guardian was definitely like you're not supposed there are things in reality that you are not supposed to toy with and you are not supposed to mess with because if you disrupt that kind of order, then very bad things happen. And that does seem to be what's going on. I don't think it's as simple as just, you know, smashing um their world smashing Nua and hell together. I think it's yeah. it's deeper than that. It seems to be unraveling significantly more. I think you are right. I think you're definitely onto something. Well, because in, even in all those examples, I was also trying to remember at what point, because there was a point where Fitzroy caught a glimpse of one of them as he was going through a portal or something. And I think in mm-hmm. my mind, it was just him seeing them in hell. And that's also where I was like, oh, right. 
Yeah. That's where the portal was trying to go. But I feel like there was a moment where he saw them almost between worlds. Right. And I can't remember exactly when it was, but that would also further suggest that, yes, this is, it's almost now what we're seeing is now what I figure Fitzroy was seeing in that moment episodes mm-hmm. and episodes ago mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. the start of what's now this very big, very uh, unwieldy portal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems like Order is going for a much larger scale catastrophe than even they were afraid of at yeah. this point. Yeah, like and so maybe even then, like maybe the war was a front, Ooh. and it was like, hey, mm. distract yourselves by killing each other, idiots. Mm. I'm gonna be over <laughs> here. You know? <laughs> yeah. Don't look at don't look at the right hand with the left hand or. Maybe flip that. <laughs> it's, you know, like wave around your left hand, but then you can't pay attention to what the right hand's doing. Exactly. Yes. Some mm, like sleight yeah. of hand. I had a friend steal uh, French fries from me that way. That's essentially this what is just is like doing. that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I want to put it in ways we can all understand. Yeah, I think that's really helpful. Yes. Thank you. That's perfect. <laughs> And on top of all of this, I like um, then this moment, you know, after this whole back and forth with chaos and this vision of what order is doing. Um, I liked this call that Griffin had to use his insight. And then I mm-hmm. liked that uh, Travis worked that out to being like, okay, put on your your rose glasses and see yeah. see what you can see. And this is where we do get a better idea of where chaos is. Mm-hmm. Mentally, emotionally. Yeah, mm-hmm. both. Yeah. Yeah. Small, young, afraid. A child throwing a tantrum because he doesn't understand yeah. what's actually happening, why things aren't going the way they want them to. Exactly, yeah. Mm-hmm. And kind of maybe feeling just like powerless, like mm. wanting to trust these boys, but also not being able to because they don't know what the plan is, yeah. but being mm-hmm. afraid of what order is doing. And so they're kind of stuck in the middle. Who is someone that they've always trusted in the past. Yeah. Like yeah. they've always looked up to them. To be like, you you know what's up, right. I will follow your lead. And mm-hmm. now without that, mm-hmm. or knowing that they are, they're going off the deep end. And how do you stop someone yeah. from doing that that has always been the one in charge? Yeah. yeah. There's just a lot of questions of who's in charge and how and why in this, mm-hmm. in this show right now. Absolutely. <laughs> Nobody knows who was supposed to be calling the shots here. <laughs> it's it's about fantasy corporations in the end. This, Truly. <laughs> this whole... <laughs> so it sounds like we all have some really great insights on like chaos and some good theories on maybe what's going on here mm-hmm. and maybe it's something our boys can think about a little bit more but not not when they wake up <laughs> they're gonna go from zero sleepy time to full on 60 because oh what's this wonderful little glimmering light in the tent with us <laughs> what's this wonderful little hand that packs a wallop of a punch <laughs> Slap magic, of course. It could be none other than Festo. <laughs> Slap magic is the uh, the sequel to Dance Commander, or the Absolutely. like DLC. Yes. Oh <laughs> well, and you know, Fitzroy doesn't even have time to be frustrated at his dear teacher and magic instructor because the best news in the world is finally <laughs> here for him. He's being invited to a fairy party. Now, this is the actual dream. There you go. Like, he woke from a weird situation into his actual, like, dream scenario. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Griffin's play of how he does the reaction for Fitzroy was everything. <laughs> Obviously, Griffin's always, like, really mastering the whole mic technique on mm-hmm. this show. <laughs> him oh yours and then immediately boys get up so excited i'm like that's exactly this is all the realness complete 100 what the character would do i loved mm-hmm. it <laughs> and meanwhile i like to picture the other two are like what I, 
Because, of course, they don't have this person as an instructor. They don't. Right. It's like they don't have the the festo inside scoop. Exactly. If anything, all they know is that Fitzroy is constantly going on to them about one day when he's at a fairy party. He's going to invite both of them. He's going to bring them along. He'll They'll be his plus one and plus one. Which was a nice change of how it was at the very beginning when he's like, well, when I go to the fairy party, I'm just going to tell you about it. And like, exactly. maybe I'll bring you back a snack. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I'll take a lot of pics so you guys can see him later. And then it turned into like, well, you guys will be there with me, of course. And it was very sweet. It was a wonderful character revolution. Hmm. Character, character revolution. Character, <laughs> So he's up. He he's grabbing the boys, shaking them by their shoulders. It's time. Grabbing the box of hats. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> boys fun hats box. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I actually had a D&D campaign mm-hmm. where we we won hats. Like I think we were helping a hat man a magic hat man and we all got hats at the end and my character got a uh do-rag love it with goats on it and it was genius our dm just took rings and made them into hats so our hats all had magic properties it was brilliant and then i had a character i had a bugbear that had a do-rag on for the rest of the time (laughs) i love that that's great and more fun than some of these other hats i mean listen if you're having fun in your hat that is a fun hat and i'm happy for you mm, true Silly hats only, though. I think that, I I mean, I have discussed this about computer games, but I would like to say, even for tabletop games, I think the ability to put on a hat is the most important game mechanic that you can add. You have to be able to have hats. It just adds a little bit of zazz. It adds some extra. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And in this case, it lets you decide. It gives a little bit more insight to your characters. Uh, Argo (laughs) choosing a straw boater. Uh, Beerbug just choosing leaves. <laughs> Fitzroy having a Jamiroquai hat, and I was like, which one does he even mean? There are so many. I have to assume it's a virtual insanity one. Fair. With the then the horns added. Mm, yes, of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh my god, sorry. My computer just started playing music. It was not, unfortunately. It was some 90s alternative, which was not particularly good Dang. party music. But it, it did sound, it was very strange because I was like, is this in my head? Am I being invited to a fairy party? This what is, is not the first time this has happened, Anne. I, did, I have no Goodness. idea how that happened. That's true. This isn't the first time. Maybe. It's not. And maybe in this case, uh, you drank whatever Festa was serving up a little early. <laughs> oh. You are pre-gaming. Again, this scene is perfect. <laughs> it's absolute perfection of the mm-hmm. idea of Festa passing it out. Fitz turning around and be like, don't drink it. And they're already down. Like, exactly. those boys have already yes. down them. <laughs> as soon as he's turned, boys don't. They're already, like, empty. It's yes. heads tilted back, <laughs> doubted in a shot. <laughs> and the editing from this point on oh my god oh yes could not have been better i felt uh, like i was at a fairy party we, we are all at a fairy party <laughs> oh it's oh, wonderful i loved all these different fairy descriptions are the boys little are the fairies big who knows is it like that scene in hook all the fairies got big i don't know it doesn't matter though i am picturing this as an anime rave unfortunately oh or, or maybe fortunately i don't know but yeah like mm. i'm definitely picturing like you know a bunch of kind of crazy looking characters with glow sticks <laughs> was sort of my my reference point do you mean like a rave at an anime convention or like a rave as animated in say the oh. film interstellar 5555 well now see that is a fair distinction <laughs> because i think why not both oh, mm, okay it is a fairy party uh, but no I, I did mean it in anime con but <laughs> <laughs> that's what i presumed but <laughs> the sights the sounds the costumes it's all there naruto 
weaving things around. Absolutely. Witch Hunter Robin. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what? Who's that over there? Oh, it's the entire cast of Bleach? What? How do they even all get in there? Who knows? Who cares? <laughs> Part of me does think that uh, the entire rest of this arc is just going to be a drug trip and like the boys are going to wake up in the tent five days after the war ended. don't you dare. (laughs) (laughs) The greatest villainy of this story is Travis pulling a Twilight Breaking Dawn part two on all of us. (laughs) Oh, no. No, he would never do that. He's got his notes right now. He's like crossing things out. Like, well, I guess I can't do that now. But even if that does end up being the case, right now at this party, we're, oh, look, oh, some of the Sailor Scouts beckoning over Argo. Ah. Oh, my gosh. Argo, who is now reconnecting to the very element of water. He is. He is water. Fluid. It's it's just, it's a part of him as it always was, but now he can actually know it and feel it and embody it. He's dressed up as Katara mm. suddenly. What? How? Who cares? <laughs> It's majestic. And then we flip over to the Fearbolg, who is just druiding it up, and he can feel every animal around him. Everything. He feels all their heartbeats. Oh my gosh. It's some Could Pocahontas realness. He's, I was going to say, he's got the power of heart for mm-hmm. sure when yes. we summon Captain Planet. Yes. Do you know how fast heartbeats are of like small mammals? They're super fast. Like the beat he is dancing to is intense. <laughs> oh, he is leaving it all on that dance floor. See, and I just picture moving like very lumbering and slow because he's such a big beast like thing. Maybe it evens out, you know. Maybe in his mind he's moving slowly, <laughs> but then you do the cutout to like uh, people observing and he is flitting around like Apu in that episode of The Simpsons. He thinks he's a hummingbird. <laughs> <laughs> But ultimately, yes, Fearbulg is nature. And then we go to Fitzroy. Oh, and he's a little he's a little intimidated. I don't know if he's ready to But don't worry, Fitzroy. Nobody else is here except for you. This is like <laughs> the like magical light version of Shadow Link. You're not gonna have to fight this character. You're just gonna have to dance with this other glowing, wonderful version of yourself. The thought that that's what like <laughs> Uses him and gets him on the dance. Oh, it's me. I, the most beautiful person in the room has finally asked me to dance. And it's me. See, that's not how I was thinking of it, actually. I was thinking of it as, um, you know, this this really beautiful sort of uh, analogy for him needing to sort of embrace his own magic and embrace himself. Yeah. And, you know, because he has to get he has to get in sync with himself because he hasn't been in sync with himself. Uh, and and chaos and order were both certainly not helping him very much with that by sort of sure. intervening in his in his whole deal. Yeah. See, and you're the heart <laughs> of this podcast. I do. And I will say on my notes, I do say Fitzroy connects with himself and then in parentheses, his magic. Like, mm-hmm. that's right. what it was. Right. Because sure, sure. I think it's kind of a mix of the two of these things. It's that he's so out of sync with himself. And that's part of, you know, where he's lost a little bit of this confidence. It's a little bit of where he has stumbled. And, you know, luckily he's had his two boys with him this whole time. Where, like, even when he didn't have Chaos's power anymore, he still had them. He was still able to try. He was still able to do what he could without the full force of his magic. And mm-hmm. then this was a moment where it's like, okay, you're on your own again, but it's okay. Because one of the things that you've been missing is right here. Yeah. And you can at mm-hmm. least get that part back. And yeah, it's really, it's a really beautiful moment. And it's obviously a little self-obsessive, but not in a way I don't think it was supposed to be. Fitzroy only cares about himself. It's just, no. it plays in so well with the character that we have known since the beginning. 
Um, yeah. But now this time it's almost in a very beautiful and poetic way. Mm-hmm. This party was exactly what each of them needed, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's very much, it's, mm-hmm. oh, you know, I know what scene it is. It's the, uh, this This is not going to make sense if you haven't seen this, but it is the rave scene no. from Spaced. Um, nope. There's nope. A, yeah, there's a scene where all of the characters decide that they're going to go out and party. And it's just this very long sequence of sort of everyone in the club just like experiencing love together and experiencing the music and, mm. you know being more in touch with themselves. I mean, it's like, it's a comedy bit, but it's also very much like um, a depiction of this kind of communal experience that's also very personal. Yeah. Um, it's a it's a very, it's one of those, uh, it's one of, it's a, Edgar Wright did um, Space, and it's one of mm-hmm. those kind of um, things that he does very well, where there's that balance between it being, being funny, but also being kind of moving and, and, and emotional. Right. Mm, yeah. I think that's very much what, what the scene is as well, that it's a little bit of both things. I think so. Absolutely, because it's not, like, super serious, but at the same time, it's not a complete, you know, cast-off, just goofy, mm-hmm. we're going to waste some time between the next I would episode. say it's not a goof-goof-gildo joke. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. But it does have the amazing druggy effects of editing and, like, whoa. But, mm-hmm. yeah, embedded in that is, for sure, it's that pre-party before the big fight. <gasps> yes. Where you do kind of, you get your boosters on. Yeah. And you remember who you are and what you're fighting for and where you're trying Mm -hmm. to go with all this yeah this is exactly what's going to happen once quarantine lifts for everybody (laughs) and we're all just like able to go back at like who am i outside these oh yeah that's exactly it we're all (laughs) gonna have to go to a big fairy party and just remind ourselves who we are we lost track of it it's been a minute Mm -hmm. since we've all been able to be in touch with our true selves and that's exactly what these boys have done it's been a year (sighs) Yeah, but we're gonna make it to that party. Mm-hmm. But maybe don't take don't take drugs from Festo though. Maybe don't. Maybe <laughs> don't. Yeah, the drugs. Ooh, let's like the drugs are the COVID vaccine. Oh, and okay. Then... <laughs> it's gonna make everything sparkling and beautiful. All right. It yeah. Does. Loving this. You'll wake up on the forest floor the next morning, probably. <laughs> but hey, you're gonna be so fucking powerful, Fitzroy. He's back, baby. Oh my god. Thanks to drugs. <laughs> <laughs> The real message the whole time. That's what it's like. Low key, oh, it does no. circle back. Take drugs from your teachers for. Oh my gosh, I can't say this. Brittany, the alarms start going off now for you. She's just been tackled to the floor. <laughs> exactly. Oh no, Brittany's. Well, Brittany's no longer on the podcast. I hope everybody has enjoyed their time with her. The cat's been my handler the whole time. I just never knew. But this is this is super exciting. It that is. He doesn't have to rely on anybody else for his magic. He didn't even have to try. Hell no. To mm-hmm. cast Thunderclap. Like, there was no super concentration needed. It was just totally in him. Yeah. And yeah. so powerful. Mm-hmm. And was he vomiting because of the drugs, though? I or- was under the impression that, <laughs> yes, it was a, or maybe it was a mix of, like, whatever he drank, and now he's so powerful, and he's just, yeah, he just wants water. He's been under a lot of stress, too, you know? There's been a lot, This yeah. is for sure. I have experienced this as well. Mm-hmm. I get you. I get you, Fitz. I liken the idea of the film that maybe he, like, okay, we're going with Fitz, and he's just, like crackling with this power and he sets off thunderclap and it's so dope and it's like beautiful and triumphant and even then like the boys over where they're sleeping just a little ways away hear it and they both like are woken up from it but like almost like in a triumphant way because Fitzroy's not there and they're like that's him casting magic Mm -hmm. and it's beautiful (laughs) for just a moment till then you hear the distant screaming of Fitzroy after he hurls and then starts crying for water Argo please come help me give me water (laughs) 
<laughs> finally, finally Argo can make water. And there you go. And that's that's where then the camera slowly pans out. Beautiful music starts playing as you just see like Argo and Fearbulg rushing over to where Fitzroy is as it's it's panning out. We see the school and everything again. Ooh, a wide ooh. shot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To remind us, this this is not over. It's not over. But I hope you enjoy the party. <laughs> <laughs> That's our parting message. (laughs) So is there anything that we forgot to mention that we would like to bring up now? Uh, The only thing I think, and I don't think we really glazed over it, but Mm -hmm. it's a note I had that I thought was very funny. It's like, we took down an entire system this morning. This morning. Like, give us an afternoon and see what we can do. I love that. (laughs) Yeah. That was great. It was very badass, I thought. (laughs) With none of them being particularly smart or... Yeah. Crafty. I can't remember the exact wording, but I just <laughs> laughed a lot about that. So I was like, that, yeah. It was good, good yeah. Also poignant. Who knows? Give them a chance. <laughs> mm-hmm. I uh, I did enjoy the the idea of Travis having to roll 10,000 dice. <laughs> there is there is a um in the in the community on YouTube that does marble runs. Mm-hmm. There is someone who does who has a video that is um the sound of of 10,000 marbles. Oh. Um, which is I mean it's like weirdly calming. Sure. I found it late one night when mm-hmm. I was very stressed out. Um and it's incredibly loud and cacophonous, but it's like kind of chill at the same time. It's hard to describe. Sort of like being by the ocean when it's really loud, I guess. But uh-huh. But so I'm just imagining that of him being like, hang on, I've got to roll for initiative. <laughs> and then you just hear just... that. Oh, incredible. But yeah, the, the sound of 10,000 dice would be so much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because otherwise it, it's it's super like, a, what is the sound of one hand clapping kind of sure. thing, right? Yeah. What is the what sound, is the sound, of, sound 10, of 10,000 dice, dice rolling? <laughs> uh, so the, I think the only thing I had was um, we mentioned Fitzroy putting on the rose glasses, but I liked that he alluded to the fact that Fitzroy's always wearing them, which I think is very mm-hmm. cute. Mm-hmm. We knew he wore glasses, but I like the idea of him wearing. I imagine that they're pink and they're cute. I like him wearing mm-hmm. pink glasses. See, I imagine that they are gold and then with the pink lenses, mm-hmm. like rose-colored mm. glasses. It, well, that's yeah, exactly, they definitely yes. have tinted lenses. I definitely imagine right at least the lenses being pink. Mm-hmm. Now I'm just picturing Travis's real life glasses. Mm, he does mm. have those tinted glasses. Yeah, yeah, they're purple. But yes, that's what I'm. That's now in my head. <laughs> I have pink glasses here that um, whoever shows up to my Twitch streams knows that I use them as my reading glasses. So <laughs> that's Fitz. He's always ready. Since we, we didn't talk too much about like performances or anything in this episode because it wasn't necessarily that kind of episode. I do just want to say that I was I was very delighted by Clint being being teased a whole bunch early on in the episode and uh, <laughs> and and him just saying I love you guys. I thought that was mm-hmm. that's the moment that you always hope for. I think in a, in a game um, like this that no matter how big it gets or how many people are listening, that it's still really about you and people you care about, you know, yeah. kind of doing doing this thing together. Yeah. Um, it was nice to it was nice to have that that moment. <laughs> that mm-hmm. was that was how he that if he still feels that way about it and if they all still feel that way about it, that's that's really good to know. Yeah. yeah. I really like that. I did think that was very sweet. And yeah, it's just one of those moments again where I'm like, Clint McElroy, how are you just the best? <laughs> Thank you for being here. And I do I have now another Clint moment that they mm-hmm. kind of glazed over too um and it was when chaos says this might be the last time we see each other and argo goes oh thank god <laughs> argo. And they make no mention of it and i'm over here just laughing my ass off i forgot about <laughs> so that good. actually uh, it is genius that is so good argo you little sass thank you for being here <laughs> so great job great job everyone always a great job everybody 
I can't wait to see what happens next, but uh, for now, come to the polls with me, everyone. Okay, it was a long time ago, but if you'll recall, <laughs> no. last time we asked how else you felt fear bug might carry his friends. <laughs> <laughs> and the winner is Large Baby Bjorn. <laughs> of course. Good, good. <laughs> Obviously, of course. Good work, everybody. Yes, excellent job, everyone. Thank you so much for voting. This time, we're wondering, what the heck do you think is going on in Groundsy's hut? We'll have that poll up over on our Twitter, at Romancing Sound. And we will meet you back here, hopefully, in two weeks. Till then, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and thank you for joining us. I'm Nell Bailey. I'm Brittany Bailey. And I'm Ann Kern. And we've been Romancing the Zone.